Today on Your Wellness, we'll be talking about striving for equality. We will meet Brock McGillis and Scott Edwards, who will be sharing their personal stories about coming out as gay men and how they are speaking out to help break down the stigma of the LGBT2 community. All that and more is coming up on Your Wellness. Welcome back. I'd like to introduce my first guest, Brock McGillis. Welcome to the show, Brock. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Now, Brock, you grew up as a hockey player, so tell us uh, what life was like for you in the hockey world. It was difficult. Um, I was hiding uh, my sexuality to my teammates, to my family, to my friends, and because of that, I, I took on a character. I took on the character of being this macho, hyper-masculine, bro, womanizer. I'm ashamed to admit that, but I was a womanizer and this cocky hockey guy in an attempt to hide who I truly was mm -hmm. as a gay man. Did you find that difficult to keep that going for a long time? Oh, completely. Um, early on, it was met with immense struggle. I was incredibly depressed. I was constantly injured throughout my career. Um, I, I think a lot of those injuries were psychosomatic. I was suicidal. Um, there was many times where I tried to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And as I got a little older, I began drinking heavily. I began drinking almost daily to try and numb and suppress my struggle, suppress who I was as a gay man. So, uh, and then after I had admitted to myself that I was gay and started dating somebody and now I was covering my tracks to hide it from the hockey community to hide it from everyone trying to hide a three-year relationship is nearly impossible but mm -hmm. I managed to do it somehow and um, it was so stressful and painful and emotionally draining and physically draining that it just essentially ruined my career it did eh? So you did finally decide to come out, and when was that, and what was the pivotal moment that you decided it was time? So initially I came out, I came out almost in two different times. Um, okay. I came out to family and friends when I was about 25 or 26. Um, mm -hmm. One of my friends, Brendan Burke, who's son of Brian Burke, who at the time was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, he was out openly and in the hockey world and he was the first one I ever heard come out in hockey. So uh, I reached out to him, we became friends and we talked almost daily and it was such a relief to finally have somebody, especially in the wake of this three year relationship when I had finally accepted myself. We, you know, that had broken off and now I had this person to talk to, to right. sh share my struggle with and who understood being a hockey player and also being gay. Brendan passed away in a tragic car accident and two days before he died he had said to me I can't wait for the day that you're out to your family like I am to mine and now not having this relationship and grieving a breakup and now grieving the loss of my friend was an immense struggle so I came out to my family and friends but I remained closeted in hockey for years it wasn't until years later that I came out in hockey because of a few instances. Um, there was an incident in Orlando two summers ago at Pulse Nightclub where mm -hmm. 49 people were murdered just for being gay. Mm -hmm. 
And for the LGBTQ plus community, a gay bar is a safe space. Um, whether it's Sudbury, Toronto, New York, Vancouver, Montreal, it doesn't matter. Two men walking down the street holding hands still run the risk of being attacked, being verbally assaulted, being, you know, just not feeling comfortable, not feeling that they can be themselves. So these gay bars are safe spaces for us to be ourselves. And I was taken away from my community. Mm -hmm. That could have been me and my friends in Toronto. And it really upset me. And around the same time, I had a hockey association that alienated me. They didn't really say why, but I had done work for them in the past until they started finding out about my sexuality and some coaches that I was friends with actually kicked me off their staff. And I knew at that point enough was enough and I had to do something. So I reached out to a friend of mine who was a journalist and I wrote an article coming out. And what was the response after that happened? Oh, it was incredible. I wrote the article thinking, you know, I have this platform as a hockey player and I will hopefully help the odd person. Maybe a few kids will read it and it'll inspire them or they'll mm -hmm. feel like they have an ally. Somebody that's like them that is gay. And the response was overwhelming. Day one, I received over 10,000 messages, um, it, and it just didn't stop. I started getting phone calls to start speaking, speaking at schools, speaking at events, organizations, uh, corporate, and it just kept going and going and going, and I started doing it. How did that make you feel, knowing that you could op you're open with your family, now you're open to the public, and you're getting this such amazing response, positive response? It didn't really sink in initially because with the positive response came people struggle. Mm -hmm. Now I'm supposed to be an expert in a field that I really am not an expert in. Well, now I consider myself an expert in the field, but at the time I wasn't an expert in the field. I was just a gay man sharing my story. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, with the positive response came other people who had struggle like mine or probably more struggle because they didn't have the privilege of being you know this cisgender white masculine male mm -hmm. so they're coming to me with their pain and struggle and I'm providing them support without having done that before so it was I never really had a chance to go wow how cool is this that so many people are sending me such positivity right did you uh, receive any other discrimination moving forward with that? It, it's funny. Initially, I thought, like, uh, I would talk to friends, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gay hockey boy, so people in Canada love me. Until one time, um, there was an incident in the NHL where I had to, um, essentially, I wasn't happy with the response the NHL had to an incident that happened in their league. Okay. And they deemed an incident not homophobic that I and many gay men considered homophobic, mm -hmm. and at the very least sexist. And the player wasn't reprimanded for his actions. And I received a phone call from the Canadian press, and I spoke on it that phone call and that my quote ended up in newspapers across Canada and it led to Sportsnet calling the next day and different media outlets reaching out and I was critical of the NHL 
Well, right. from that I started receiving death threats. Mm. Um, I went from, you know, gay hockey boy to you hate the NHL and you hate hockey and you hate this player and you're jealous of his success. And it's like, no, I'm not. And, and I don't blame the player because he's a product of his environment. But I do see a need to evolve, evolve the culture around sport. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your story because this is something I feel that we need to talk more about and you're being very open and honest with the discrimination, the challenges and the good sides of your story as well. So we're going to keep talking as we continue the interviews, but thank you for starting your story with us. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for giving me your platform to share this. We're going to share this for sure. Wonderful. And after the break, we will talk to Scott Edwards, who is a radio announcer who also came out as a gay man, and he'll talk to us about the challenges he faced next on Your Wellness. Welcome back to the show. I'd like to introduce my next guest, Scott Edwards. Thanks for coming on the show, Scott. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, we're having a great conversation today, and I'd like you to share us your story coming up. So I came out uh, when I was pretty young. I was mm -hmm. 17 years old. I was still in high school. Um, my family didn't really accept me for who I was, and um, long story short, I was essentially told when we come home, you, you should not be home. So, so I left home when I was 17. I grew up very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I moved from Barrie, just north of Toronto, to Toronto. Um, lived in the city for, for a hot minute um, and, and, and learned who I was and, and kind of found my own community outside of family because my family didn't really accept me at that time for, for who I was. And moving to a larger centre, like Toronto, did you find it were, it was helpful? Was there more people for you to in, uh, interact with or was it harder? It, it was hard at first because it's, it's culture shock, right? I grew up, uh, when I say grew up in Barrie, I didn't really grow up in Barrie. I grew up just outside of Barrie in a very small farming community. Uh, so going from, from there to Toronto was culture shock for mm -hmm. sure. It's like all your senses are, are being stimulated at once. Um, so it was fun. I had fun when I was in Toronto. Um, and, I, and I definitely learned who I was a little bit and um, learned how to be independent, really, in, mm -hmm. in the city. Did you feel any new pressures? Did you notice any new pressures living in a big city like totally, that? Totally, totally. Um, it got to the point, actually, I, I had a lot of fun in Toronto, but mm -hmm. I also hated living in Toronto as well um, because of all the pressures. You know, you, you, living in a city, people, well, I guess society tells you you need to be six feet tall, beautiful, big muscles, wearing the most expensive clothes, driving the nicest car, going out to the nicest bars and, and all that sort of thing. So there's definitely a, a standard that you feel you need to live up to. But okay. We know now you really don't need to. Now, from there, did you find it um, easier to find yourself and, and move on with your your real identity and did it bring comfort? I thought I found myself. I thought I found myself. Um, but when I moved out of the city, I actually learned more about myself not being in Toronto than I did okay. when I was there because I thought I needed to be all these different things, right? And all those society, like all of society's um, standards didn't really apply when you were outside of the city, for me anyway. Um, so it's very interesting seeing the contrast of, of living in Toronto, the biggest city in the country, mm -hmm. to 
not the biggest cities in the country. Right, and, and what did that look like for you? Uh, called culture shock for sure. So I live in uh, Sudbury, Ontario now. Uh, and when I moved here, I was like, oh my goodness, I felt like, like, what am I getting myself into? But I found community here. I found my people. And um, I live life for who I am and mm -hmm. for, like, I, I live the life that I want to live here. And when you say you found community, did you? Was that a lot of friendships? Do you have a lot more friendships? Although there's a smaller, it's a smaller community, much smaller than mm -hmm. Toronto. But you're able to uh, feel comfortable in a smaller town and make more friends. Totally, totally. And, and when I say community, I'm not just talking about LGBTQ plus community as well. Mm -hmm. I have great friends that aren't part of that community and they're allies. And, right. and I have what I call like my Sudbury mom here and, and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a good place right now. How how totally. are you how are you doing right now? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm I'm happy. Um, and I, yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah, a good place is a great way to describe it because I'm being me. I'm being who I want to be. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, so the so opportunities aren't as grand as they are in bigger cities. For for anything, for for theater, for music, for mm -hmm. sports. Now, is there something that you'd like to see in the, in your hometown that has that provides more opportunities for you to get out and socialize? Hometown being Sudbury or hometown being like Barrie? Sudbury. Sudbury. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're lucky because Sudbury, it's not the biggest city. It's it's northern Ontario, but it's also a very cultural, liberal city, I feel. Uh, we have a great theater center. We have one of the only gay bars um, north of the GTA. Mm. Um, so that's like, we are blessed to live here. And I think we are really lucky to live in a city like this. Uh, but there's always room to improve. Um, I would love to see like more drag shows. I would love to see, uh, you know, maybe monthly events with uh, that that can bring the LGBT uh, community together because really outside of Sudbury Pride there's not a whole lot that goes on for okay. us besides just going out to a bar type thing right so, yeah now what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about their own lives and should they come out and if they're holding back if there's fear if there's anxiety what would you recommend someone who's thinking about it do it at your own time take your time um, don't rush into it. Don't do anything that you don't want to do. When I came out, uh, I was feeling pressure from my friend group. Um, I came out to a few friends in in high school, and they were like, "Life's great. You know, you need to come out to your family. You need to do it." And and, and deep down inside, I kind of knew that it wasn't really my time, but I did it anyway. Um, and and it turned into like the worst time of my life. Honestly, okay. I was the most depressed. Um, it, it got to the point where my family wasn't even setting a dinner, like setting for me um, at, at, at family dinners. Um, so it, it wasn't a great time. So take your time. Mm -hmm. And I, I really honestly, truly believe that you will know when, when it's time to come out. Would you have done it differently? Would Absolutely. you have changed the timelines or Absolutely. What, what could you have done so that the response would have been different, different outcome? I think I would have waited until I had gone off to college, moved out, kind of discovered who I was um, without being kind of shoved out the door. Okay. Um, and then and then come back, maybe with a partner. I don't know. I really don't date that much um, mm -hmm. now as it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely would have 
discovered who I was a little bit more, I think, before I came out. Now, your story is unique because it's your story. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that there are other individuals that maybe early on is better than later on like I so your story is your story so totally. I'm it's it's unfortunate that you did have to cross some barriers before you were ready but I hope that anyone who wants to to make that decision can do it like you said when they're ready totally not when someone else says you're ready totally and I'm living a great life now like there are many people out there that have it much worse than I do I'm a strong person mm -hmm. I persevered and I honestly think that if I could do it anybody else can that's great. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we'll, we're going to keep talking about this. Yeah, I can't wait. It's time for us to take a quick break here on Your Wellness. And when we come back, we will chat with both Brock and Scott about changes they would like to see in society with respect to equality. Stay with us. Your Wellness will be right back. Welcome back. I'd like to welcome my guests back, Brock and Scott, and thanks for hanging out with me today. No worries. Thanks for having us. Now let's keep this conversation going as we're striving for equality. And so you two are your friends and you met here in Sudbury? Yeah, we're, you can call us maybe? friends, I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, no, no, we're, we're great friends. friends. We're really good friends. Um, yeah, we did meet here in Sudbury, like what, five, four or five years ago? Yeah, about that. Um, yeah. I think when you first moved here almost, yeah. right? And, yeah. um, we have a no you know what i remember how we met uh -oh. i was dating somebody in barry that you knew yes and so we when i lived in barry i kind of knew of brock oh my god i forgot about this this is so fun uh, <laughs> so when i moved to sudbury i was like i i know somebody in sudbury oh, great so i messaged you on like instagram or facebook or something nothing didn't hear a thing so i was like all right, I guess we're not going to be friends then. And then a couple months later, we we um, we met at I don't even know through other friends, and yeah, here we are today. I think like a lot of our group <laughs> of friends met on like social apps. Okay. So people typically call them dating apps, but mm -hmm. we met and created a little community amongst. Um, I mean, being up here is very difficult to find other gay people, queer people to like hang out with that can mm -hmm. understand and share your like-mindedness. Right, right. Um, so we've been fortunate that we have a group of about six or seven, almost well, maybe eight of us that are very tight-knit. slowly grows, it okay. slowly grows. Yeah, some people come in, some people move to major centers and then it, it just, like the odd person just, you know, we sub one in for another. It's um, kind of like a sports team. It's, <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of uh, people in the community want to move to the bigger city centers and want to move out of Sudbury. Um, and, and it's just interesting that we've all kind of stayed here and have created our own community. Um, yeah, you need it, especially yeah. in smaller centers yeah, um, because it's very difficult in, in major centers there's so much like-mindedness and so much diversity that you don't really notice um inequality as much okay whereas in smaller centers there may be more of it because there's a lack of exposure to mm -hmm. minority groups as a whole right so um having that ability to have that close-knit group that you can talk to and share with and people who understand you is really important and i just want to say you can live 
a open gay life, whether you're a gay man, uh, a, a lesbian woman, trans, bisexual, you can live a happy life in smaller cities that aren't Toronto, Calgary, Victoria, or Vancouver, Montreal. Um, there is life outside of the big cities. That's, that's good to hear. That's good mm -hmm. to hear. Now, Brock, you speak a lot about your story, yeah. your experience, and you speak to children as well, to our go to schools and what's been your experience yeah that? that's um, it's been so fulfilling and rewarding to be able to take my experience my struggle mm -hmm. and use it to empower not only myself but others and and give kids my whole philosophy is let's as as LGBTQ people we our, our role models, the people in our lives, don't necessarily share our struggle. And that's very different than most minority groups in the sense that they typically, you know, uh, a young woman growing up, typically not always, has a mm -hmm. mother, has an aunt, has a grandmother, somebody in their life that has experienced sexism. Mm -hmm. uh, a person of color, typically not always, has parents of color and different people in their life that have experienced racism. Well, as queer people, we don't necessarily have anyone that's experienced homophobia, who's ex who understands our experience, because it's right. an, and, and it's not visible to everyone else. So, to be able to empower others has been very rewarding. And and you know, listening to Scott speak earlier and hearing his story and hearing it before, uh, it's something that I hear a lot. Kids that are struggling and and come out and their families aren't always and I hate using this word but accepting because my belief is only you can accept you only Scott can accept Scott only I can accept myself and and only you Lisa can accept yourself as mm -hmm. who you are and and, right. and uh, validation from everyone else is relevant however we want to be loved and we want to be we want support from our families as we go through this journey sure so what I tell kids is one you need to love and accept yourself. As soon as you accept yourself, you can learn to love who you are as a gay man, as a trans person, as a lesbian, as bisexual, as two-spirited, whatever it is. And two, once you accept it, learn to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, it'll still sting if you're not, you know, your family is inclusive or something right. else, but you're gonna be more prepared for it. Also, by waiting until you're not under their roof, if you have an inkling that they won't necessarily be inclusive, like you were saying about your situation, mm -hmm. I think by waiting, like you said, it'll allow you to be independent from it, and then you can work on that relationship without being constantly attacked or berated for being who you are. Right. That's, that's a very good lesson. I'm glad you're sharing that and traveling around the country yeah, doing that. Yeah, it's been quite an experience getting to go across the country, really, and, and talking to youth and talking to adults and, and sharing my story and, and hoping to create a shift in society. Every time I hear that spiel, I appreciate it a little bit more because that's... I still struggle with accepting myself and and learning who I am. It's it's something that I'm kind of still navigating through. So every time I hear that, I appreciate it a little bit more. That's and I appreciate story. you. That's a great story. <laughs> it is. And, and Scott, you're you're a radio announcer. Yep. Now, does that pl platform allow you to again explore your or express yourself in your own way, or does that work for you or not? Or okay, so I used to be on a country station. And I put walls up because I was like, it's a country station. I don't know how liberal they, like the, the audience is, how, how okay. conservative they are. So I put walls up and I um, 
I, uh, yeah, walls went up and mm -hmm. I let people um, know who I wanted them to know. Okay. I was in control of my perception, right? I'm on a different format now that gear, like I talked to a younger, I want to say more hip audience. Mm -hmm. Those walls have come down in like three months and I don't think I'll ever put them back up. It's fun. I talk about RuPaul's Drag Race on air. I talk about my man crush on Shawn Mendes on air and it's, it's great. And it's okay. Yeah, totally. And I've, that what we were just talking about, navigating through that acceptance of yourself, I've kind of stepped up a little bit. I just. And it's funny, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I can hear that positivity and that mm. uplifting when you, when you started talking about your new role because you're learning to love yourself. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm a much more genuine radio personality now than I was for the past five years. Well, you both deserve, we all deserve to be internally happy. Totally. And we both deserve to, de all deserve to live our authentic self. So I'm so glad that you're here and being so honest with me and uh, helping us break down these barriers. So thanks for your stories. No, thank, thank you, you so much. Really appreciate it. Well, that's all the time we have on your wellness this week. I'd like to thank my guests, Brock McGillis and Scott Edwards for sharing their personal stories in an effort to reduce the stigma for the LGBTQ community. For more information on today's show, you can visit my website at newdaywellness.ca. Thank you for making wellness a priority, and we'll see you next time on Your Wellness.